Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one rule-breaking page of Talmud a day. Rule-breaking? The Talmud? Have a listen to this gem from today's pages, to both 39 and 40. He said to me, where do we say the principle that a positive mitzvah comes and overrides a prohibition? It is in a case where one performs circumcision of a foreskin afflicted with leprosy. Although there is a prohibition against removing leprous skin, the positive mitzvah of circumcision overrides that prohibition, as it is not possible to fulfill the positive mitzvah without violating the prohibition. Now, the halachic principle in play here is, as ever, intricate and deeply complicated. But the lesson it delivers applies to us all. Put simply, it's this. You really, truly, deeply have to accentuate the positive Now, I'm willing to bet that at least some of you are wrinkling their noses right now. If I wanted to hear some new age fluffery about the power of positive thinking, you're probably saying, I would have checked out some self-help paperback at my local Walmart. I'm here for the hard stuff, the hardcore wisdom of the Talmud, not some nimmy-nimmy nonsense about how positive thoughts can magically change the world. Well, I'm sorry, but as it happens, Both the rabbis of the Talmud and our brightest neuroscientists have given the subject of positive thinking a lot of thought, and they both seem to be in complete agreement on the following basic idea. Positivity really works. Let's begin with the rabbis. In Pirkei Avot, the ethics of our fathers, the part of the Mishnah in which our sages deliver their stunning moral maxims for a better life, the unimprovably named Ben Hehe, a Tana who was likely a student of Hillel the Elder, gives a good bit of spiritual arithmetic advice. I'll cite his wisdom in Aramaic first because it just sounds awesome. Ben Hehe Omer, Lepum Tsara Agra. Now the translation. Ben Hehe said, According to the labor is the reward. This, like everything else about the rabbi's pronouncements, is a straightforward and entirely logical principle. Say I ask you for a small favor. Hey man, I hear you're going to the supermarket this afternoon. Mind picking up some fresh blueberries for me? I'll swing by your house later, pick them up and pay you back. This involves almost no inconvenience for me. I was going to go to the store anyway. And nothing about the request involves any extra labor, except maybe a very short detour through the protocile. But what if I ask for something bigger? What if I call you frantically at 4 a.m. and tell you that my car broke down, that I'm about 100 miles away, and that I need you to wake up, put on your clothes, get in your car, and drive for like an hour and a half and come rescue me? Now, that's a much bigger ask. And not that we do anything merely for the sake of receiving a reward, but we would kind of expect the friend who we rescued at dawn to be a bit, okay, to be a lot more grateful than the one we merely helped out with a minor errand. The Talmud generally thinks about mitzvot, or commandments, the same way. There are a lot of them, 613 to be exact, and no one person can complete all. Some mitzvot, for example, are only for men. Some mitzvot are only for women. Some mitzvot are only for priests. We're not a completionist religion. Mitzvot 
are not Pokemon or Boy Scout merit badges, and we don't mean for anyone to obsess over collecting them all. What we do want is for people to pay attention to what they're doing. Do that, and it becomes obvious that doing trumps not doing. Not violating a prohibition requires you to do nothing. Performing a positive mitzvah requires you to do something. Hence, go ahead and ignore that prohibition about touching skin afflicted with leprosy. Performing a brit milah or circumcision is infinitely more important. If you want to understand precisely why, fast forward a few thousand years and you'll see that science seems to confirm this very same logic. Barbara Fredrickson, for example, is a professor who runs the Positive Emotions and Psychophysiology Laboratory at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And she has spent decades studying the effect of positive emotions. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Her studies find that people who have a positive attitude are more resilient and can overcome difficulties more quickly than the Eeyores of this world who simply dwell on the negative and sit tight, focusing on their anxieties and fears. Why is that? Professor Fredrickson developed a theory she calls the broaden and build theory, and it's so beautiful that I'm afraid I simply must share her abstract with you nearly in full. Don't worry, it's an abstract. It's still short. So here goes. The broaden and build theory. Professor Fredrickson writes, describes the form and function of a subset of positive emotions, including joy, interest, contentment, and love. A key proposition is that these positive emotions broaden an individual's momentary thought-action repertoire. Joy sparks the urge to play. Interest sparks the urge to explore. Contentment sparks the urge to savor and integrate and love sparks a recurring cycle of each of these urges within safe, close relationships. The broadened mindsets arising from these positive emotions are contrasted to the narrowed mindsets sparked by many negative emotions, i.e. specific action tendencies such as attack or flee. A second key proposition concerns the consequences of these broadened mindsets. By broadening an individual's momentary thought-action repertoire, whether through play, exploration, or similar activities, positive emotions promote discovery of novel and creative actions, ideas, and social bonds, which in turn build that individual's personal resources, ranging from physical and intellectual resources to social and psychological resources. Importantly, these resources function as reserves that can be drawn on later to improve the odds of successful coping and survival. Rabbi Ben-Hehe wouldn't have agreed more. When we focus on positive emotions, we're not simply happier, whatever that means. It's not some fleeting momentary joy, but we actually broaden our range of choices and with it, quite literally, our world. We see more possibilities because we understand that we are capable of doing and implementing change. We're not merely creatures struggling to survive. We are God's partners in creation, bringing things into the light and into existence. And when we do that, we make the world a bigger, better, well-lit place. This has been Take One, 
If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.